Welcome to another episode of Doe, a podcast dedicated to discussing Doe cases from around the world. I'm Kat. And I'm Allie. So how are you tonight? I am good. Uh, it's very hot in my apartment. It is. It's Oh my god, it's worse outside. It's really bad. Also, the fact that we have all the windows closed doesn't really I know. help it. It's okay. We'll get through it. We're striving for good sound quality. You guys better appreciate this. Also, we better actually have good sound quality. (laughs) There's that, too. We're still trying to figure out. There's, like, an echo that we just can't... We put sound blankets on my floor, like, covered the curtains, or covered the windows with the curtains. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. And we can't go into, like, the big closet, because we would would die. Like, literally. We... (laughs) I nearly said we would become does, but it would be in my I apartment. Almost, I almost so. said the same thing, and I was like, wait, no, people know who we are, and, <laughs> and they know where we are. And also, like, if people don't understand that it's me in my own apartment, I would have serious doubts. Right? And also, you got identifying tattoos. Oh, that's true. I have an identifying tattoo. My parents saw what I was wearing before I left the house. It's like My friends saw what I was wearing today. It's like a running joke in my family. Like, my mom checks my outfit before I leave in case I go missing. I mean, dark joke. it is a dark joke. <laughs> it's a very dark joke. But sometimes to deal with anxieties, we go with a uh, dark humor. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess I'll go to the forensic fact for this time. So I'm kind of doing like a little mini series of forensic facts based on junk science. I'm so excited for this. Right. If there's one thing I love, it's debunking shitty science. Right. So, if there are any Forensic Files fans out there like me, uh, you might have seen this episode. It was about Ray Crone, who was wrongfully convicted of murder. Him, Akona, was found dead in a bar where um, Crone played darts all the time. And she had a very distinctive bite mark on her body, and it earned Ray Crone the nickname of the Snaggletooth Killer. Because it was like one very specific Snaggletooth. So they're like, it has to be this guy. He plays darts there all the time. There's nobody Is else this... that could have possibly ever had a snaggletooth. It's a really tooth. distinct bite mark. They kind of ignored any other leads because oh, no. they were kind of married to this idea about Ray Crone being the perpetrator. So 92 is when he was convicted. 96, uh, he, I, he appealed, I think, and they were just like, no, no. But they changed, he was originally sentenced to death, but they changed it to life because the judge said there was a question about if he was actually guilty. But it wasn't until 2002 that he was finally exonerated because there was DNA evidence that showed that the real killer was Kenneth Phillips, a repeatedly violent sexual offender. So in 2002 when this happened, is that kind of when bite mark evidence went out the window or did they realize that before but he was still in... Um, I think it was kind of in question for a while. Right. Um, but yeah, so he ended up spending 10 years in prison for something he didn't do. And the reason oh, is Jesus. because Kenneth Phillips had a snaggletooth. Like, it was the exact same positioning and everything. Oh, that's and so scary. Yeah, so. Also, I hope he got paid buckets for that. Oh yeah, he got uh, $1.4 million from Maricopa County and $3 million from the city of Phoenix. Oh. Good for him. That's shitty, but that's like yeah. A little and then he awful. became like an activist against oh, the death penalty. And there are a bunch of cases. I found like a list of wrongful convictions from the Innocence Project about bite mark analysis, and there's just a bunch of these. Because and what's crazy is I was reading that in forensic odontology there was generally an understanding that bite mark analysis doesn't really work for crime scenes because skin is not like the ideal medium for bite marks and there's so much elasticity and then my body's like decomposing the skin does all kinds of crazy things so it's like that makes sense sorry should we address the fan thing okay so we addressed the fan thing hopefully my laptop will behave it just started like being really loud which it only does when i'm playing video games like when i have the sims running on oh yeah oh my god it sounds like it's preparing for liftoff yeah even yeah even my big like desktop MacBook or not MacBook iMac does that. Hopefully my laptop stays out. quiet. It was for the just rest. a little cranky. It's better now. Hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah. So bite mark analysis, uh, it's not accepted in trials as far as I know anymore. Good, just because it was so unreliable. False convictions are scary. Oh. They give me so much anxiety. I know. I just. Ugh. 
I, like I know we've discussed that before where it's like anytime there's a case that is about a, fall, a wrongful conviction I'm like I can't I can't nope. read about it or listen to it because I just no nope. no nope. put that book down turn it's off like, that I'm movie. just gonna I'm just gonna go over here and look for something where the right person was convicted yeah yeah so that's the first in a who knows how many part series I am so excited for the other parts I'll have to decide what other ones to talk about there's a lot there's a lot of junk science so you're first because you have the solved I am first that's right okay so let me preface this this was our first listener suggestion which I'm very excited about yay thank you Jacqueline thank you very much Yes. Very excited about this. Yes. Um, I actually had not heard about this case. Me either. Second preface to this, it is pretty brutal. Oh boy. It's one that's so brutal that I don't know how I've never heard of it. There's also a full-term fetus involved. It It's mentioned very briefly. I don't, like, there's nothing really particularly horrific, like, done to the fetus or anything like that. It's just, there is. There just, there is one. So this is the case of Beth Doe. On December 20th, 1976, three suitcases were found under a bridge along the Leahy River near exit 273 of the westbound Interstate Route 80 in Whitehaven or Eastside Borough, Carbon County, Pennsylvania. The suitcases appeared to have been thrown from the bridge. They were all the same size, 23 inches by 14 by 7.5. But two were denim blue with three red, white, and blue stripes, while the third was tan with blue, green, and white plaid. The handles had been removed from all, and the zippers painted matte black. Interesting. So here are the suitcases. Oh boy. Okay. I hate whenever suitcases are mentioned or involved. You just know it's not going to be good. No. And the inside of the... I think those are the inside of the suitcases. It looks like the insides, yeah. Yeah. Or the other oh, side. That's so heartbreaking. Two. This is heartbreaking already. Oh, oh, it's reconstruction, so they probably have been painted. They're, oh. So these aren't the actual suitcases. Wow, are... I did not even notice. Okay, so here are the reconstruction. I was thinking when I was researching, I'm like, these suitcases are in really good I condition. I was thinking that too. Okay, everything makes more sense. Okay, so here's They're the reconstructions. reconstructions, and here's what they look like. When they were found. Oh, I thought that was inside of the reconstruction. So did I. I thought these were the insides, but no, these are the actual suitcases. Oh. And that's why it looks so similar. Oh, everything's making sense now. So this is what they look like. Oh, so it wasn't just the zippers that were painted matte they black. They painted it everything. Was, so it was like the, um, not the cover of the suitcase, but like the the f- opening. The, the, like, the top. The top zippy. On the top flap. Yeah. Wow, I don't even know what that's called. The lid of the suitcase. It's a lid. It's a lid. So that was all painted matte black. Do do you think that they painted it black, like whoever did this to her, because they're like, ha, they'll never figure out what suitcase this is now. I, yeah. It It seems very obtuse. Maybe a way to like camouflage it or. Oh, that makes more sense, I think. Yeah, make them less. I don't know how popular this type of suitcase was back in the day. I don't either. Okay, but yeah. So those are the suitcases. I can't believe I didn't realize those were reconstructions. So here's where it gets hard. Oh, boy. Okay. Inside of these suitcases were the dismembered remains of a pregnant woman. Oh, no. She had been strangled and then shot in the neck before being dismembered with a fine serrated tool. Her nose, ears, and breasts had been removed. Yeah. I want to hug her. Investigators believed she had been dead for less than 24 hours, according to the Doe Network, but NamUs has seven days for the PMI, post-mortem interval. I guess she could have been um, dead for anywhere from, like, 24 hours to seven days. I don't know why there was a disagreement there. Uh, So Beth Doe was white, around 15 to 25 years old, approximately 4'11 to 5'4, and 140 to 150 pounds, and her eyes and shoulder-length hair were both brown. She had a five and a half inch scar on her left leg above the heel. I'm not sure if it was the inside of the leg, outside of the leg. And a two inch scar on her left hmm? calf. I think that was supposed to be calf, yes. not cast. Um, again, don't know where on the calf. She had small moles on her left cheek and above her left eye. And it's possible these developed during pregnancy. That's interesting because I just read um, Kate Beaton of Harka Vagrant 
went through a pregnancy oh. and she was listing all the weird shit that happens when you're pregnant and she mentioned moles and I had oh, no idea that same. was a thing. I didn't know until this that that could happen. Um, so Bepto had O-type blood and the fetus was a full-term white female. That's rough. Yeah. So Bepto's teeth were not in great shape. They showed signs of extensive dental disease, three extractions, possibly of molars, multiple fillings, and extensive decay. Apparently, her oral hygiene um, had improved with age, but she still had tooth decay as well as a fracture to her upper right lateral incisor, so that one, Mm -hmm. um, which would have caused considerable pain and been noticeable. I don't know if they meant it would have been noticeable that she had a fracture or that she was noticeably in pain. Or that she was just able to notice it herself and nobody else. Yeah, it's... I didn't really know what they meant by that. Um, Inside of the suitcases, there was also straw, dry packing foam, six sections of the New York Sunday News, dated September 26, uh, 1976, and a cut-up chenille bedspread that had likely been pink originally with embroidered yellow flowers. They didn't mention the, like, state of the newspaper, did they? That seems like a weird thing... To include. Like, um, if they were in good shape or something? Yeah, or, or if there were, like, blood spatters all over it? Or... Yeah, I don't think it mentioned it, so that's the blanket. Oh, okay. It's and... pretty 70s. Yeah, and this is a reconstruction. This one I know is a reconstruction. Oh, okay. They really liked reconstructions in they this did. case. Good for them. Yeah, they did a good yeah. job with this. Yeah, they did. But yeah, like, I don't know what the purpose of the newspaper was, or, like, any of it. Like, obviously some kind of packing material, but maybe to keep oh. the, the body parts from, like, moving around. and Right. And, sorry, that newspaper was dated September 26th, and she was found on December, December 20th. Okay. Yep, yeah, so... How many months? That's October, three months later, about. On her left hand were letters and numbers written in ink, which probably would have lasted 8 to 12 hours. So just like writing with a pen. Right. Investigators determined the writing to possibly say WSR, followed by either 4 or 5. Below and to the right was either 4 or 7. And these are the numbers. It's not like 4 and 5 written out. Yeah. It seems very obvious. Yeah. I feel like I just had to say that. That's okay. Police tried to match the writing to license plates and CB radio calls, but didn't find anything. Mm. Her fingerprints were submitted to the FBI, but they do not match anyone in the national databases. Beth Doe was buried in 1983 and then exhumed in 2007 to obtain additional forensic evidence. Her dentals and DNA are on file, and testing of her bones suggests that she was possibly born in Western or Central Europe, possibly Serbia or Croatia, and migrated to the States around five to ten years prior to her death, spending her childhood in the southeastern regions that span from Texas to Virginia. It's possible she also resided in Tennessee or a nearby state. Examination of the fetus revealed that she had likely gestated while Beth Doe was in the southeast part of the state. So this would have been isotopes, right? Yes. That's very interesting that you can run isotope tests on fetuses. I don't know, I just find that very fascinating. But yeah, I just, I do find it really cool that they can figure out when she gestated. This is why my kind of theory with the dentals is maybe with the childhood of, if she lived in a place that didn't have, she didn't have access to like a regular dentist, like she would maybe when she moved to the States. So I think maybe that has to do with why there was a difference. That's very perceptive. Yes. Because at first I thought maybe it was like before I read about the uh, being from Europe um, I thought maybe it was just purely like maybe growing up poor and then that's what my thought was but in, it could be it could be that or maybe it just was she lived in a place where she didn't really have access to a dentist or dent- um, like extensive dental hygiene and then mm-hmm. moved to a place where she did yeah sorry I thought I saw a deer but I did not that would be very surprising because if you look out of my apartment window, it is the roof of our garage. <laughs> I realized that after and I'm like, yeah, no, there's no deer on the roof. I'm good. That would be cool, but I'd also be worried about them falling through because that's an old oh, no. garage. <laughs> if you ever see a hole, don't <laughs> go near the garage. Something bad has happened. Or there's a trash panda in it. <gasps> oh. No! <laughs> I have to tell you. Okay, so they had a party in my backyard apparently oh, the other night. Um, When my parents got up, one of the branches of our Japanese maple was broken off. Oh my god. Um, one of the plants had been flattened, so 
One of them was rolling around in it, sleeping in it. We don't know. One of our gazing balls had been, like, knocked askew. Three of our deck statues were thrown off. One had its head broken off to see about fixing that. It was pure mayhem out there. And I'm like, I don't know what they were doing. We have, like, one mother and at least one baby living under the deck. You guys should get video cameras. We should, because I'm just like... What were they doing out there? I don't know. Were they just rioting? Like Also, for anyone who doesn't know what a trash panda is. Oh, right. It's a raccoon. It's an adorable creature with little hands. That terrifies the shit out of me. I love them. They're so cute. They make little weird clicky demon noises. They are cute. I actually have a raccoon story, too. I forgot my key. No, I didn't forget my keys. I forgot something. Oh, I forgot my... A ticket to a show and I was coming back and there is a raccoon that was being um it didn't know if it wanted to cross the street or not oh my god so I went to the street to see if it was going to be able to cross and it saw me do that and it was like oh maybe I can cross because she's crossing and it was safe to cross and it crossed so I felt like a little bit like a raccoon crossing oh, guard for a second I helped it it was also a day raccoon so I was a little concerned but <laughs> yeah, so, so like, are you rabbit or just dumb? It's really hard to tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really cute. That's yeah. like when I was feeding some feral cats at one of my clients' houses and there was a raccoon up there. And I'm like refilling the bowls and it just comes up to me and puts its little hand on my foot. Oh. So I'm like, okay, here's your food. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Did you just say a raccoon put its hand on your foot? Yes. How did you not, like, I would have died. Because I would have so died. Cute. It was like standing there looking at me and it went like this. Oh my god, I would have been looking screaming up at me. bloody murder. It was so cute. It was so happy to get the food. And there was another night where I was trying to get some other, they used to be feral, they're now domesticated. And I was trying to lure in with one with treats, but I managed to attract a raccoon who was like kind of looking at me. So I was like tossing treats at the raccoon and also tossing treats at the cat because the cat kept getting distracted by the raccoon. It would be like, I'm not going near the house. And I'm like, okay, but I need you inside. This is now a... Raccoon podcast? Yes. <laughs> Rac- the best. Raccoon sidebar. <laughs> the best pod. Yes. So surprisingly, I actually have a list of exclusions for Beth Doe. Whoa. I know. This was on the Wikipedia page. Like they, sometimes Wikipedia has like all of the... Interesting. Exclusions? Sometimes they don't? Well... I should also say, like, all the information I got was from, like, NamUs um, yes. and Donut Work. Yeah. And Wikipedia. So the trifecta. 12 women have been excluded as matches for Beth Doe. Uh, Anastase Benitskas of Australia. Iris Brown of Vermont. Valerie Cuccia uh, of New York. Teresa Fitton of Florida. Trenny Gibson of Tennessee. Rory Kessinger of Massachusetts, Anna Leatherwood of Tennessee, Georgia Nolan of Kentucky, Sherry Roach of California, Mary Robinson of New York, Patricia Sielbo of Pennsylvania, and Denise uh, Sheehy of New York. Denise Sheehy, um, I, I recognize that name. that name, and I know why I recognize it, because some people thought that she was Lori Erica Ruff. Oh, that's right. I'm pretty sure that was Denise. Because I knew I knew I recognized the last name Sheehy, but I didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah, so all 12 of these women have been excluded as matches for Beth Doe. And that's all we have on her. That's it? That's it. I was expecting, like, a whole other page. Right? Like, if I had gone diving into, like, into everyone's the, theories yeah. and stuff, then I probably would have been able to do more. But And so this is her Reconstructed. Oh, wow. Um, this was done by NECMEC, I think is how you say it. Yeah, which is the National, National Center for Missing or... and Exploited Children. Yeah, yes. I think so. They always do really good ones. They really do. Yeah, because, again, they knew her hair length, they knew her eye color, so they had to figure out, like, kind of guess what her nose would look like. Mm. But yeah, so that's... That's a really sad case. I know, and it's just so surprising that and they have like no leads, nothing. Not that I saw. Like, and oh yeah, here's some other ones that were done. Oh wow. So I think that was probably like the original one. Oh yeah, they did um, with these two. So the neck one, and I don't know who did that one. Uh, different lengths of hair. 
Right. Which is a good thing to do. Like we were talking about in Angel of the Meadow. Yeah. It's just, it just shocks me that they're... That there's that little information. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know if they did, like, a DNA test on the fetus. Yeah. Because maybe they did, and because that's, um, well, that's what they did with uh, Bear Brooks. Or Bear Brook. I, I never, never know how to say Allen's that. Town 4. Yeah. Because that's what they did that to figure out, okay, here's the father, and then that's, like, likely the perpetrator. Right. In this case, could be. like It could be. I would say that's probably, like, that. there's a decent chance that that's what happened. Yeah, because my, like, one thing I was thinking of is, uh, I always forget how to say her last name. It's Raina Mar- um, Mariquin. Mariquin. Um, who was the one? Who was the woman found in a barrel, like one of those metal barrels mm. that was just in the crawl space of this house for decades? Right. And I've quizzed many people about this. I'm like, if you go, if you move into a house and you see, like this metal barrel in your crawl space, what's your first reaction? There's a body in that. Is your first reaction to put it out for trash collection? Because that's what this first reaction was. That person was. Very innocent minded. I know, right? I'm just like... Also, not curious at all, because if I saw a barrel, I would be like, what's in there? I'm definitely calling somebody, because my first thought would be like, oh, this is like hazardous waste. Or like, yeah, what is in here? Is it going to poison my family? Mm -hmm. Why did they not move this? What is in here? I didn't... I bought the house. I did not buy this weird ass barrel. Right? And it's in the crawl space. What's it doing there? So, yeah, that case, that just sticks with me, because I'm just like... It was in there since the 60s. I think it was since the 60s. Yeah. It took 30 years. And was she pregnant? Is yes, that... she was. Oh, okay. So that's Yeah, good. so that's why this reminds me of, um, Beth reminds me of this, because my first thought is, was it like the father, um, yeah, the father of her child, and maybe there was an affair going on or something like that, or maybe she like was planning to leave him, you know, anything like anything this, where it's like happens. a partner killed her to stop her from doing something he didn't want her to do. That's my first thought. That's, I think that's logical for that to be a first thought. And then, like, removing the nose and ears, that could be as a way to try and keep her from being recognized. And then removing the breasts, that always reminds me of Jack the Ripper. I was just gonna say, that's totally Jack the Ripper. Clearly, I don't know if it's just, like, a hatred for women, or just wants Rage. It's, yeah, it's just... It's really over the top. It's like taking your femininity away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, I'm leaning toward some kind of romantic partner or something rather than just like a random attack. Yeah. It doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really ring as like a truck stop. No. Kind of like serial killer type thing. I feel like this person knew her. Yeah. And also the suitcases, I don't know why the handles would be taken off. Oh, maybe, maybe fingerprints? Oh, that's what I mean. Fingerprints. <laughs> no, that's okay. But. Yeah, like, maybe fingerprints? That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Because, yeah, I guess if you have, like, a metal or, like, leather handle or something, something fabric, that could leave fingerprints, you would take the handles off to... Yeah. Because I can't see why else you would do it. It's not... It's not going to help you carry them without it. It's not ease of transport or... No. Well, that's really sad, and I wish we knew more even about what they knew, so that we could know if... Like, it's likely we'll get an update or not. Yeah, like, I really, really hope that there's just information that they're holding back. Like, if they mm-hmm. have done a DNA profile, or gotten a DNA profile from the fetus. That's completely likely that maybe they did. Yeah, because I can, I can only hope that they figure that out and they're holding it back. And that yeah. we'll be getting an update on this. Because there's a lot to work with. And sorry, what state was she found in? So it was Pennsylvania? Uh, yes, it was Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. So that's, but that's getting kind of near New England, wherever we've talked about how they're all close together mm-hmm, up there. Mm-hmm. So she might not even be from Pennsylvania. She could be from, like, I don't know, Virginia or Maryland or something. Well, yeah, because they were talking about how um, she was likely in the southeast states. Right. So, yeah, we have no way to know how long she was even in Pennsylvania. Like, if it was just, or, like, if that's where she was killed. Because yeah. if we don't know if it was less than 24 hours or the seven days... I mean, there's just a big old question mark, like, I feel like in any way that you take this case. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, so this is, this is one where it's, like, really horrific, and yet we don't know. So, I, I mean, I say this every single case, but really hope we get an update soon on this one. 
I hope so too. And yeah, it's just incredibly a heinous crime. Mm-hmm. It's probably, this was in the 70s, so this yeah. guy's probably potentially dead, but I just, or if it was a guy, but let's face it, it probably was, it was a guy. It was most likely. Um, I just hope he got his comeuppance and karma bit him. Or that he's still alive and will get his comeuppance like the Golden State Killer. So yeah, that's the case of Beth Doe, and thank you again to Jacqueline for the suggestion. Yes, thank you. So, my case this week is Lime Lady. Hmm. Can I take a guess? Was she found covered in lime? Yes! Yes! Yes, that is why she's called Lime Lady. Okay, I'm... It was either that or wearing lime-colored clothing. That is also a um, reasonable assumption. Yeah. Okay. So this case is pending um, with the DNA Doe Project. So they're doing their amazing work that they do. That's all cases. So hopefully this will be an update. We should say that at the end, but I'm going to say it at the beginning. I'm okay with that at the beginning. And just a couple of, I guess, like uh, bibliography notes... I used a Fox News article by Christina Corbin, uh, Oklahoma's News 4 article by Chelly Mills, and also uh, on CrimeArchers.net, the username Akoya posted a whole bunch of newspaper articles from the oh, actual time. Awesome. Which is, yeah, it was really useful. Oh, speaking of, I have now a subscription, or like a basic subscription to newspapers.com. So useful. I haven't used it yet for like dough stuff. I was using it for family. I might upgrade to like the publisher's one it's like the fancier one but gives you access to everything amazing yeah thanks akoya on crimewatchers.net this woman was found on april 18th 1980 by fishermen on the bank of the north canadian river 20 miles east of oklahoma city near jones oklahoma wait there's a canadian river in oklahoma apparently it's called the north canadian river i thought like i was concerned that maybe i got cases mixed up but Apparently, there's a North Canadian River in Oklahoma. Uh, So, she had several gunshot wounds in her chest from a 45 caliber handgun. So, this was obviously homicide. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, I didn't really, I've never really thought about it before, but I guess the 45 caliber, I guess, bullets are bigger than the 22 caliber. Yep. Which makes sense. I just never really put that together in my brain. They're tiny. Okay, so she was in the 18 to 25 year age range. So she was potentially born within the range of 1955 to 1962. And when did this happen again? 1980. Okay. Or 1979. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because NamUs lists either 1979 or 80 as her year of death. Mm. She could have died as soon as 10 days before she was found or months before she was found. Oh, because... Yeah, they don't... The lime kind of, I guess, Mm -hmm. changes. Oh, yeah. It preserves really well. I think unless you add water. I think that's what I heard. So this guy didn't add water then? Like none of them ever do. Yes, she was called Lime Lady because lime was poured over her body in an attempt to make her disintegrate faster, but it actually preserved her. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a lot of callbacks to cases we've talked about. This this case just touches on a lot of them. And obviously the first one is Septic Tank Sam, which is episode two. These, I don't know, I guess because of the lime, the stats are probably a little more accurate. Because she's preserved? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was 115 to 120 pounds and 5 foot 6 or 5 foot 7. She had freckles on her face and her upper torso. She had shoulder-length blonde, light brown, or reddish brown hair. And her eye color was unknown. Yeah. Because she didn't have eyes anymore. Right. She had an appendectomy scar and no fractures. She had her wisdom teeth taken out and her teeth were in good condition but they were a little irregular and out of alignment. So okay. to me, that means she probably had enough money for regular dental care, but maybe not enough money for braces. Or wasn't serious enough to get braces. Yeah, that too. Like, maybe it was just, like, a little bit. Yeah, because, like, like, with my dad, he didn't need braces, luckily, because he was dirt poor. But his teeth, he has, like, fillings and stuff like that. But but they're, they're like, straight enough that it wasn't... Like, I only got braces because it was going to start doing horrible things in my mouth. Oh, dear. Yeah, so it was like, <laughs> oh... So, it's meant it's not mentioned whether or not she had pregnancy, so I'm going to go with she probably didn't because I haven't seen it mentioned. Yeah, because normally in our other cases where there's pregnancy, they're mentioned like, hey, this person had signs of pregnancy. Yep. So, in the Oklahoma News 4 article, a technical investigator named Kathy Foote mentioned that the positioning of her arm suggested she was dragged into the location they found her, so there was definitely another crime scene, so mm-hmm. she didn't die where they found her. Okay. 
She had a small heart tattooed above her left breast with a flourish behind it. The heart is about a centimeter wide. Uh, the DNA Doe Project says that it's red and blue ink, but in the photo it looks more black to me, which could just be the lighting. Mm. And also, I just got a new tattoo, and I was talking to my tattoo artist about how your skin and also the type of ink they're using can make it look a little more blue or, like, it can make it look not entirely black. It just depends. Yeah, it's like on prison tattoos, they usually look blue. Exactly. So here's the photo of the tattoo. To me, that looks red and black. Yeah, yeah. That Well, it's like these overalls are really really dark navy but they yeah. also look black so depends on lighting really yeah black. exactly i could so. see where it is black or blue yeah so they say blue and they've the person who's doing this report has probably obviously seen the like body so i'm stuff, gonna go so with guess, blue i just yeah, wanted to well, point out that maybe it was black i don't know oh and the tattoo was professionally done it wasn't like a home or a prison tattoo so there was no clothing found at the scene but it's believed she did have clothes on at the time of the shooting perhaps a shirt with pockets because a dime was hit by a bullet and embedded into her oh body. Oh my god. I know. It's horrifying. I just figure, thinking about the logistics of that is... Yeah. Because it would have had to, like, go through the fabric. Yeah. Oh and god. they found fibers from clothes as well. So oh, she was yeah, they would wearing clothes. Yeah. Um, the Doe Network brings up that it's possible she was killed by a local biker gang. Okay. And I just wanted to bring up the pattern that whenever a female Doe from the 70s has a tattoo... <gasps> They mentioned biker gangs. It's so true. In the Fox News article, Captain Bob Green mentions the presence of violent outlaw biker gangs in Oklahoma at the time of her death. So it's not a wild suggestion if they were known in the area. He also mentions that maybe she wasn't from Oklahoma and that's why she hasn't been identified. It's also mentioned that she may have been from a foster home. I don't know if there's any evidence that they haven't really told us that make them Mm. think that, but it was brought up. Okay. And that's also mentioning other cases. They also mentioned that for John Clinton Doe. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, so I don't really have a bunch of theories on this one. It's just like... There's a violent biker gang, but also it could just be a significant other or something. Yeah, who knows? I really... Yeah, I wish there was more that we knew about her to yeah, help her. I can't remember. Was there evidence of like sexual assault or anything? Or was it... Um, I don't think there was i don't think it was mentioned i don't know if that's something that they would keep to themselves or if they would bring it up usually in cases where there has been that you would think that they would mention it yeah they usually mention i think it might they also mention it um as like a motivation for people to come forward with tips exactly so i feel like maybe there wasn't in this so case. i guess the clothes would be taken off maybe to help prevent identification that's what i'm thinking i'm so. not sure how easy lime is to get or if it's like connected to certain occupations i think it might be i'm kind of thinking is it construction oh actually yes i was reading i did research for this and then i couldn't, i don't remember it oopsie uh, ba, ba, ba. environmental metallurgical construction and chemical slash industrial applications and more Oh, I'm gonna say that's. Oh, and there's kilns. Uh, oh, wastewater treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay, it looks like it's pretty easy to get. So maybe whoever killed her is works Involved in one, one of those. those industries. Oh, you can also get it to put on your lawn. Oh, so that really opens it up. Yeah. Well, I yeah. There's, there's like there's not much. There's a huge list of rule outs though on Web oh, okay. On Mubsloose, someone posted it, mm. but then I went to the NamUs because I was trying to, like, see it from the source, and I couldn't figure out how to get to that Oh, page. you can't get to it unless you um, are part of a specific occupation or something? Like, oh. you have to be actually, okay, like, so a detective of some kind or involved in, That's like, how they're getting it then, because I was like, am I just stupid? Do I not know I how to use a website? Thing. I was, like, looking for it because I was so excited to find the exclusions, and it's like, oh, then I went to, like, their list of, like, registration. Who, you can, who can do it, but then I guess someone who is in that kind of... Yeah. Updates it on Websleuth. Her DNA Doe Project page lists her as in sequencing. Extra sequencing techniques are being applied to obtain Ooh. usable data. I Wikipedia'd this because I was like, what actually <laughs> is DNA sequencing? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I just know it's good, right? Because yeah, they're getting DNA. It's developing a DNA profile. And you have pictures for me? I do. So there's the Carl. There's the Carl. Oh, that's a good one. And I think. Be- he had one that was blue, and then he changed her shirt to lime, 
which I think oh. is a cute lime, touch. Lime lady. Yeah. It's a good touch, Carl. I yeah. approve. And you can see kind of um, her, well, not here, but her placement. Of yeah, right there. The um, the tattoo. And uh, here are some other sketches. Where, what a strange design choice. The design choice, I'll show you her actual post-mortem. Oh, that's why. But that's why could... it looks like that. Um, but she didn't spend her whole life wandering around with her mouth open. No. So to explain what I've just shown to Caitlin, um, there's a postmortem photo on unidentified.wikia.org um, under her profile, and her mouth is open, and she her like I guess it's not her eyes, but anyways, her mouth is open, and she's kind of like looking like she's on her forward. side with her mouth open. Yes, and so some of these sketches. Also, have her mouth open. Which is a strange choice. It is a strange choice. And then there's, um, like, a model Oh yeah, that they did. I'm assuming this is, like, from the early 80s. Yeah, it looks like it. And you can kind of see what they were talking about with the teeth. Oh, yeah. That they're just, like, a little bit out of alignment. But, like, not enough that she would need braces. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't look like... Um, unless she was, like, really specific about her teeth. Yeah, she wouldn't, like, medically need them. It would exactly. just be pure cosmetics. Exactly, like, for aesthetic purposes. I think it's also really heartbreaking in this case that we don't even have any of her, like, possessions or anything to, like, yeah, get a sense of who absolutely. she was. Yeah. Like, we literally know nothing. It's... Yeah, because, like, Angel in Metal, we can get an idea that she's a little bit quirky with the pattern on yeah, her dress. Yeah, her fun pattern dress. And, like, with El Dorado Doe, there were people that could actually, like, kind of fill out a little bit of her personality. Yeah. Like, there's just, um, like, John Clinton Doe, we can get the whole rocker thing. Yeah. Because of, like, the plaid. But we don't know anything about her other than that she wound up in this really terrible situation. Yeah, the only idea of personality stuff we get is the tattoo that's actually really it which yeah and i want to know the meaning behind it and Mm -hmm. i want to know like the story behind that too but i'm glad that they're in sequencing because that means like hopefully they're able to get a usable dna profile out of it and it could be like um other cases where they've gotten the dna profile and bing they've got a match yeah oh those are my favorite i really hope that's the sequence it get a dna profile and then they'll submit it to, like, GEDmatch and whatever other databases Mm -hmm. they have access to. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to this episode solved. Okay, so this solved, you know this one. Oh! Oh, I do! I literally just referenced it! Because Buckskin Girl was the case that, um, they got, she got solved in four hours, right? That's right, she got solved really quickly, I think. Yes. Okay. On April 24th, 1981, a woman's body was found in a ditch off Greenlee Road in Newton Township, west of Troy, Ohio. She had a lacerated liver, as well as trauma to the head and neck, and she had been strangled. She was wearing a tasseled buckskin jacket with purple lining, which earned her the nickname of Buckskin Girl. She was white, with freckles and light brown eyes, and her long red hair was braided into pigtails. Her nose was described as very pointed, so kind of... Whenever I see that, I kind of think of, like, Peter Pan nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Her teeth were all present and in excellent condition, save for a porcelain crown on an upper right incisor. They didn't tell me which one, but would have been one of these two. Oh, okay. Medial or lateral. Uh, For people who have not seen this, because they're not in my apartment. They're not watching the point (laughs) of my teeth. Yeah, that would be really creepy. (laughs) It's your incisor, your bitey teeth. Her ruddy complexion indicated she spent a lot of time outdoors. In addition to her buckskin jacket, she was wearing yeah, wearing Wrangler jeans and a patterned brown and orange turtleneck, but no shoes or socks. A sketch of her face was circulated in local newspapers and on TV on April 28th, so four days after she was found, but although police received 200 leads, none revealed the woman's identity. She was eventually buried at Riverside Cemetery in Miami County. We're still in Ohio. I was getting really confused when I oh, saw yes. Miami. I was like, wait, what? But no, we're still in Ohio. We're still in Ohio. Um, but her clothing was held by the police as evidence, which is excellent police work. Yes. That is a plus. solid. It wasn't sent keep, to any psychics. Yes. Keep that evidence. Hold on to it. This is good. Okay. So fast forward to 2008. Her fingerprints, dental impressions, and DNA were entered into NamUs, 
And in 2016, so eight years after that, a forensic facial reconstruction was released by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, that same year, forensic uh, palynology revealed where she had been before her death. Hi, what's palynology? That's like pollen. Oh, oh, that's so interesting. It's like, it's so interesting, but it's also so boring at the same time. <laughs> well, to me, who can just like, it's interesting because I like only need to know about it for a couple minutes. It's not like I don't yeah, have I to did, do courses know, on it. I did. I sat through a lecture on it. And I was like, oh God. Oh no. All I could think about was allergies. Seriously. But there's also a forensic files episode where they use um, like a seed pod that came off a tree. Ooh. And landed in the killer's um, truck. Oh my god. In a different like town or something. And they were able to go back to the same tree because they did DNA sequencing on the pod. That's insane. Right. Sherlock Holmes work. I was like so excited watching this. I think I told my parents and I was like, oh my god, they did this thing. That's incredible. So cool. And also just shows that like you can think that you're being like as stealth and sneaky and good as you want to be if you're committing a crime and like science is still gonna get you. Yeah, because we're not in Victorian England anymore with Jack the Ripper. If Jack the Ripper had done what he did oh, now yeah. as he did back then, he would have been caught like immediately. And Zodiac too, probably, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That anyway, so yeah. Palynology. So at the 2017 AAFS conference, so that's the American Association for Forensic Science, mm-hmm. a forensic anthropologist, I think Dr. Elizabeth Murray, who had been assigned Buckskin, uh, Buckskin Girls case in 2010, discussed with the DNA Doe Project what genetic genealogy techniques could be used to help identify Buckskin Girl. Using a vial of blood that had been taken from her body prior to burial, okay, you did it, like they did a good job with the clothes. They yeah. did not do a good job with the blood. Oh no. Because it had not been refrigerated and therefore it was highly degraded. Did they not know in 1981 that you had to refrigerate blood? They must have. Like blood isn't a new concept. This is true. Like they have to have. Maybe it w- Ugh. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But anyway, a senior researcher at Aerodyne Research helped the team generate a partial DNA profile and then uploaded the data to JetMatch. Volunteers found the name of someone believed to be Buckskin Girl's first cousin once removed. I'm trying to remember. I think that's when your first cousin has a kid. Or is it the... Is first removed um, the parent of your first cousin? No, because that is your aunt or uncle. (laughs) Never mind. I'm leaving that one said, in. That was, in. That was great. <laughs> I was, as I was saying it, I was like, no, 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 no. I it. could see the realization. You started talking slower as your face is going, wait. No, no. stop. That's not <laughs> Just it. Don't let these words out. No, it's not that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so they found a family member pretty quickly. Uh, first cousin once removed provided a DNA sample, which officially identified Buckskin Girl as 21-year-old Marshall Lenore Sossaman King from Little Rock, Arkansas. Don't know where Arkansas is in relation to Ohio. I think they're pretty far apart. They are pretty far like, apart. Isn't Arkansas like down here and Ohio's like up here? Yes. Okay. Like Ohio is like across. Yeah, uh, I've been to Ohio a few yeah. times. So Marsha had never been officially reported missing. And here's this part that always, always gets me is her mother never moved or changed her phone number oh. just in case her daughter ever contacted her. Oh, that's like. Yeah. Like, because. Oh. I think it was like Marsha was kind of like a free spirit. Right. So when she disappeared, it was like, okay, she does this regularly. She'll be back. But like, I'll keep my name so that she, like, like, she'll know where I am, at least if I don't know where like, she is. Or like maybe thinking that she just didn't really want to be with the family anymore. Because that happens a lot. Like yeah. People will just like voluntarily go missing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just the fact that she was like, maybe like just in case someday... Mm-hmm. But just because also that just was her like hoping that she was still alive this yeah. whole time. Yeah, that's really sad. So she is believed to have disappeared from Little Rock, Arkansas around 1980. Yeah, so she was found in 81. Oh, okay. But I don't know what like month in 80. Or like the decomp in 81. No, I they, I, they don't really have a timeline that I found. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was just trying to figure out like. Yeah, like. Like, what was but she... she was found in spring of two, of 1981. Oh, okay. So there's also... I don't know what the weather's like in Arkansas, but if she was wearing a buckskin jacket, I'm going to say it was cold. Yeah. Like cold and... Yeah. So that could have... That would have affected decomp as well. Oh, yes, that's true. So in 2018, 
a headstone bearing her real name was placed where she had been buried in Troy, Ohio. So mm. Miami County. Mm. The headstone was also engraved with the names of her family members who had spent years wondering what had happened to her. Aww. And Marcia's stepmother, Cindy Sossaman, said that the family believes it was part of God's plan that if their daughter was to be killed, she was blessed to have been left in the Troy community, where all concerned treated her as if she was one of their loved ones. That's so Which, sweet. Yeah, and that's a trend we see a lot. Yeah, like but... with um, Lamdwen where it was, like, they have their yearly memorial about her. Yeah. Um, like, Aramosa Doe, where she's, like, one of theirs. Yeah. Um, Baby Andrew. Yeah. Like, they just, like, adopt. Because I'm gonna... It kind of sounds like this might also be a small town. But yeah, I just really love seeing that kind of thing, where it's just... So even the person doesn't have a name, they're still being loved. Yes. Yeah. So, although Marsha has been identified, the identity of her killer is still unknown. Mm. So that's the next mystery. One theory is that she was murdered by a serial killer targeting sex workers in the area at the time of her death, but there was no sign of sexual activity on her body, um, either consensual or non-consensual. Hmm. So that doesn't really seem likely. Yeah, that kind of seems like um, fitting a square peg into like a round hole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because like, even if someone like thought she was a sex worker normally there would be some kind of sexual assault like every time we see someone targeting sex workers there is either there's that pattern like consensual sex that turns into murder or Mm -hmm. there is sexual assault turned into murder right so the it doesn't really fit yeah it doesn't really it's just kind of like you were in the area and you were you died in the area so you probably did it it's it's kind of like the teeth thing where it's like just because something happens mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's what happened. Like, it, just because something is similar doesn't mean that's what happened. Exactly. Like, what, what crap? Just causation cor- versus correlation? Is that... Sure, yeah, that sounds that perfect, sounds, yes. That sounds like it fits here. <laughs> yeah. And then this, um, there was another theory that she was uh, the victim of the redhead murders, I think it was called. Remember that? Oh, because... Wait, the redhead murders are people who are redheaded? Yeah, it was... Um, we we have to do that in a future oh, episode, but the yes. women with red hair. Did you do a redhead murder victim? Not no, yet. No, not yet. Okay. This is the one where I first found out about that because oh, okay. I was looking at the Wikipedia gotcha. of this and saw there, there was a go. theory that she could have been one of the victims. I don't right. know if they ruled that out or not, but they, I don't think they know who the killer is for the redhead murders, so I have to double right. check. We'll cover that in a yeah, future that, episode. Yeah, that's, that's a case for future, Caitlin. Yes. When I wrote this up, investigators were still looking. So, yeah, because that's when it's hard, because, like, found in some, in your home, at least, there's kind of a lot more clues of who yeah. the killer could be, like, who had access, but, like, out in the middle of the wilderness, it to becomes... try and figure out who Marsha talked to, like, mm-hmm. 40 years ago or whatever, that's gonna be a tall order. Yeah. And this is what she looked like. I just love this picture of her. It's, like, you can, like, feel her energy. She's kind of swinging her hair around. and She looks like she has a lot of fun and, like, just full of life. She, uh... She looks like a lot oh, of fun. Oh, wow. I've never seen that photo before. Yeah, it hadn't actually... It would have been from the same... Yeah, it looks like it was taken, like... The same day. Yeah. She's wearing the same clothes. Probably, like, within minutes, because she's kind of in the same pose. I also like that, because you get... You can see... Two different expression expressions. Yeah, and then yeah, those mm. pigtails. Oh right. Yeah, because when they found her, she was like fully fleshed, and had the pigtails and everything, and the really really thin seven. Like, oh yeah. Late seventies eyebrows. Yeah. Eighties that came back in like the mid nineties. Yeah, eyebrows. Um, I guess at certain points were the enemy. Right. Yeah. I don't know what eyebrows ever did to anybody, but. So yeah, and then you get some like childhood photos. Oh, that was so precious. I know. Oh, and here's. Oh, that's um, the. Yeah, it's kind of covered by flowers, but they've got the names. Now she has her tombstone. Hmm. So yes, that's the case of Marsha Lenore Sossaman King. Uh, I guess that covers all of our cases for this episode. Yeah, and we forgot last episode because we were. Oh right, we were so tired last episode. (laughs) I just want to say, I was laughing so hard listening to it, because you could tell how tired we were and how done you were with it. You were just like, you guys are not talking at a normal speed. 
You yep. take forever. I'm just cutting this. No, like literally, I cut so much <laughs> out because I was just like, we should not record when we are literally. We never like, need to do so tired. We can't ever do that again. No, we learned something. We did learn it's something. A process. It's a learning process. Yes. So we didn't mention it, but we do have a Twitter at yep. Dope Podcast. We do have an Instagram page, also at Dope Podcast. Um, if you have any cases you want us to cover or just updates that you want us to see or just want to say hi, you can email us at dopodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Instagram. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. We love getting case suggestions. Yes. Honestly, it makes our day. It is. Like, we we just kept texting each other back and forth in, like, all caps. Yeah. Because we were so excited. Like, it, yeah, it really, um, it's really great. And also, we're almost at 2,000 downloads for the whole show. So, thank you for listening. We I can't really appreciate people it. people are listening to us. I know. It's so exciting. What? Thank you so much. Thank you for bearing uh, with us through all of the sound issues <laughs> and the tiredness last episode. And just our, the general us-ness. <laughs> the general Allison and Caitlin-ness of this yeah. podcast. Um, and for all of our references that we make, like, because we've known each other for, like, I don't know if you've ever talked about this. Yeah, we met in grade six, because that's when Macbeth happened. Yes. And, um, yeah, we met in grade six, and I remember the first time that I was like, oh, Caitlin, hi. It was at that babysitting course. And I don't remember that You do not remember all. this at all. I remember the babysitting course. I remember my notebook, because it's like, um... What is that material? It's like a craft one that's almost like a really thin foam. I have no idea. Oh, well, it's a thin foam one, and it's like this big red cover with a 3D cow on it. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, the babysitting people gave you this. <laughs> I was like, I do not have the same. No, no, I brought it from home. It was my mom's. Oh, it had a cow on okay. it, and I still have it somewhere. With I remember that notes. part, and I remember sitting at a table, and I remember misspelling my last name on our little babysitting license. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm I'm so full of shame still to this day. It happens. This was wow. This was like 17 years ago. So <laughs> so uh, yeah. Thanks everybody and thank we'll... you again, Jacqueline, for your suggestion. Yes, thank you, Jacqueline. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.